It feels good to be back in the hot seat. Uh, thank you for anyone who continues to listen to uh, my podcast, to this diary. I apologize for not having an entry in a little while. It's been almost two months. Um, I just celebrated the one year of being able to do this podcast, and I celebrated it with 100 entries on September 1st. And then I had started a new job, which took some of my time away because I was trying to get used to the scheduling and making myself have time and still being able to, you know, finagle my schedule and the things I want to do. So I finally got a chance to sit down and decide what to do an entry for. Now, despite not having done an entry in a while... I still have been watching movies, you know, people don't stop watching movies or TV, even when life gets the best of them, so I have continued to watch movies, I have a laundry list of films that are going to be getting entries in the next couple of days, hopefully, and I just want to try to get back on the horse, and I figured, what better way to kind of do that than to give myself another fun one, which I'd done an entry about this somewhere in the middle of uh, all the other entries, and this is just going to be another entry talking about play uh, trailers and giving breakdowns into what we have up and coming, at least in the next uh, couple of months, for the rest of the year. Let's say for the remainder of the fourth quarter. October is almost over, we've got some really good things like Dune that just came out, and uh what did I just go see? I just went and saw uh, Halloween Kills, which just came out. Venom came out a couple of weeks before that. It, it's been a really good year for movies so far. And it's turning out to be a really good end of the year for movies as well. So let's start with a couple that we have coming out in November. Uh, the one coming out the earliest would probably be um, the this movie Finch. Which looks like it's, uh, it stars Tom Hanks, and it looks like it's kind of very similar to Castaway, except he's a scientist, and it's like a post-apocalyptic world, and he befriends, like, a dog he finds, and then he builds himself a robot, and he walks around in, like, a spacesuit, and, and the trailer is very intriguing, it looks like a very, like, heartfelt story, but I am kind of getting that feeling of it's essentially cast away, but the only difference is there doesn't seem to be much humanity for him to go back to, so Finch does look good, uh, it's coming out November 5th, check it out if you haven't heard of it yet, uh, I watch a lot of trailers and that's why there are probably going to be a lot on here that you are expecting, uh, but a lot that you probably don't really care about. Now, before I move on, I also want to mention that Eternals is also coming out on the 5th. Uh, I'm not going to go into that, really, because I feel like that's very highly anticipated. Anybody who's a real big fan of that, you know, you're looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I already have advanced tickets. Uh, but we know that's coming out. That's been very, very much uh, a key player in what we are expecting for the next series of films that Marvel has. And for the end of the fourth quarter being uh, Eternals, uh, Spider-Man, and the Hawkeye show, it's looking really good for the end of the MCU. But the, these, th this Eternal film just looks like an introduction to new characters to give us more for the Marvel Universe now that so many have kind of gone and they're kind of like rebuilding it in a way. 
and I'm interested to see what, what, what they bring to the table. I don't know much about them, so that is also coming out on November 5th, but I'm not going to go too deep into that. Next one coming up, also coming out the weekend of November 5th from what I'm seeing, and this is all based on, you know, current um, film releases. I don't, I haven't heard anything getting pushed back as of yet, though a couple of these things are the newest dates for some films that have been pushed back. But this next one uh, is called Spencer, and it's regarding the story of Prince Diana and how she chooses to leave uh, Prince Charles and probably a lot of the background behind what what happened behind the scenes. You know, kind of one of these films that's based on a true story, but of course, a few things being probably over-exaggerated to an extent to make for a dramatic film. Um, however, what is interesting is that it's starring Kristen Stewart playing, uh, Princess Diana, which is very interesting to the extent that it's not something you expect from her, but I am willing to kind of give her the chance because I, I'm not a huge Kristen Stewart fan. However, her, her role in that uh, recent horror film she did a couple of years ago, Underwater, she was great in that film. I think she definitely has potential depending on what she's willing to pick up on. However, with that being said, they did make her look a lot like Princess Diana. So it's not a bad casting look-wise, but now acting-wise, we got to see what she's got going on. That's also coming out the weekend of uh, November the 5th. So the first week of November has got a lot going on. Uh, not too much for the middle of November, except for one very highly anticipated film. I'm looking super forward to it. They just released the third trailer that gave us more uh, of what might be the story, which is nice in comparison to us getting a very cryptic first trailer, then a second trailer that gave us so much more, and now a third trailer for what is essentially the third iteration in the main storyline of the Ghostbusters series ghostbusters afterlife which takes place in the same timeline and universe as the first two films now i say that because i don't know exactly if the original reboot from i think 2014 or something the all-female cast i don't know how big of a role that plays in whatever it is that's here but this film does directly correlate with those movies i do know that it's meant to be based on, I think it's uh, Spangler's Kids or Egon's Kids. And, of course, we all know that the tragic death of Harold Ramis six or seven years ago uh, led it to be where he couldn't play any sort of cameo role or continue his story, I guess, with this film. So it's very unfortunate that he can't be a part of this because this does look like a very, very good next generation type film that they're trying to do because, you know, it's his kids. They she knows what her grandfather used to do. And it's it's written by his son, too. I believe the the newer film is written by is written by I believe is his son. Is it? I can't remember exactly, but 
it is it does have very much more influence from uh, the first two films. Now I'm looking forward to that. That's going to drop uh, in the middle of the month, November 19th, and that's very, very much something that's highly anticipated for November. Uh, something else that I know a lot of people are looking forward to in November, Tiger King Season 2. We're going to get more of a story around this world-renowned... <laughs> it's Everybody knows. I got pulled into this show just like everybody else did two years ago. It's not something that's new to anybody. Everybody either has watched it, has heard of it, has seen parodies of it. You've met people that have dressed up as that for Halloween, for costume parties. And I'm sure you've seen some iteration of what the Tiger King has given to the world. Well, we're getting a continuation of that story and finding out some new information. A very short um, trailer was released not too long ago didn't tell us too much it just kind of was like yeah november 17th you're gonna get more tiger king so that's happening as well so now we end the month we end the month on one major thing that i'm really looking forward to and that's the resident evil reboot film now why am i looking forward to this because most people probably don't have the the best hope for it I do simply because I'm a huge fan of the Resident Evil series. If you are as well as as much of a fan as I am, you know how much of a travesty the original films are. Are they entertaining? Yes. Are they anything like what Resident Evil really is? Absolutely not. Maybe the first one a little bit if it acted as like a precursor to give us the story about how the nemesis was created. And that's the only thing I could see that that being worth anything, because anybody who's played Resident Evil 3, we just kind of know the nemesis exists. We've never seen a backstory for it. So if the first film was meant to be kind of a story to tell us where the nemesis came from, I would have accepted that. But it went six, seven films deep, eight films deep, and it really, really focused on the Mila Jovovich character who is nowhere near any of the stories for any Resident Evil video game. And we're talking, this is 13, 14 games deep, and sh this character doesn't come up once. So, the few characters they have betrayed get a, get a back seat from the Mila Jovovich character, and it's very upsetting. And that's why I personally dislike those films, let alone the travesty they did to all of the storylines that res true Resident Evil fans love. Now, what's so exciting about this film? Well, it's got Claire Redfield. It's got Chris Redfield. It's got a real-looking Raccoon City. It's got what looks like a whole bunch of scenes from every... Well, not every. The first... I feel like it's taking from the first game, the second game, and maybe a little bit of the third game. I don't know if they're going to touch too much on the third game. I do hear, like, when you watch the trailer, you hear him talk about Jill. But I don't know exactly how big of a role uh, she plays in it. But what, what I am looking forward to is just that it looks very much video game accurate. You have Claire and Leon teeing up. You have Chris and the Stars team going into the mansion. And it seems to be the side-by-side -side storyline because that's technically what the video games were. When we played the first game, the first game is everything that happens in the mansion. And then the second game is everything that happens in Raccoon City. But they're happening at the same time. So it's nice to see them take these stories and mesh them together to show us the building of these characters. And they all look great. 
I am a little bit upset about how Leon does look. I feel like you should have gotten somebody that looked more like actual Leon, but I might be able to kind of let that one slide if it's the only thing. If you take so many other liberties with other characters besides Leon, then we might have to have a conversation after that this film comes out. But I'm going to see it. I'm going to do an entry for it. And this is a franchise and, and a story that's very near and dear to my heart. So be prepared for that to be either an extreme, an extremely bad entry for this film or an extremely high praising one. And now the next thing, or the last thing I should say for November, is we're finally getting to get Hawkeye in his own solo project. Granted, it looks like it's a torch-passing project. That's kind of just him retiring as Hawkeye and passing the and passing his spot over to the new character. Uh, I forget the character's name off the top of my head now, but I'm just happy that he's got something solo, something that's just about him. You know, Black Wood, it just sucks that it's it's 23 films deep, almost 24 films at this point. And before, if you count Eternals, we're talking 25 films deep until two of the main first team-up of the Avengers team, Black Widow and Hawkeye, never got any sort of recognition and any sort of solo off out of the Avengers realm kind of acts. The Black Widow film we just got this summer, nice to have, thank you for that, and now we have Hawkeye. But they're not solo acts that are meant to portray these characters in better lights and give them better background buildup. They're torch-passing series. Black Widow was basically setting up her quote-unquote sister to be her replacement because, of course, she's now dead. And we all know that at the end of Avengers Endgame, we know she's dead now. So there's no coming back for her. So I guarantee you they're not going to kill Hawkeye, but they're definitely going to make it where, like, okay, here's this character. She's going to replace Hawkeye. Hawkeye can retire. So it sucks that their solo acts are just them giving up their placement. But I am still looking forward to it because it is nice to see a character like Hawkeye get something solo and for himself. So I am happy about this and I am looking forward to that show that's going to be on Disney Plus starting uh, November 24th. So I think that pretty much has a set for November. There's probably some other uh, random things. Uh, coming out here or there, but those are the ones I kind of mainly want to talk about because that's what I'm kind of looking forward to. Uh, the only things that I'm looking forward to in December is the first one that's a Netflix original film. It's called Don't Look Up. Now, what's weird about this is that it kind of has two release dates from what I've seen about it. I'm not 100% certain what the... Uh, story is it has something to do with astronomers but what's crazy about this film and the main main reason why I'm looking forward to it it's that it's the first time it's the first time Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio has done something not major film related granted maybe this will be a major film but it's not like a straight to theaters thing this isn't Shutter Island this isn't The Revenant this is a direct Netflix film and for an actor that's of the level of Leonardo DiCaprio to go and do a film in this realm is 
huge. It's huge. I think the just the fact that I think the budget for this was something like $80 million. I guarantee you half of that is just Leonardo DiCaprio's fucking paycheck. Because how do you have a guy as big as Leonardo DiCaprio? We're talking the dude from... All of these films, all of these major, major films that he's known for, and I don't want to say that he's at like the end of his rope where he's doing random like things now. Every film that he's almost ever done is a fucking huge hit. And now he's stepping out of these AAA movie theater bus blockbusters and going to Netflix. And that's huge. So regardless of whatever the story is going to be, I'm watching it strictly for that. Also, it's a new Jennifer Lawrence movie. Chris Evans is in it. It's also got, like, Ariana Grande, I think. And it's got the dude who just starred in the film Dune that released this month. If you haven't seen Dune, that's a fantastic film. I highly recommend it. And uh, I'm going to wind up doing an entry on that because I just watched, got to see it the other day. It just came out uh, three or four days ago. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what that actor... I, can't know, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but I'm really looking forward to seeing that actor and more stuff being this as one of the films. So that's coming out on um, December 10th. And then there's some other release date for it on December 24th, which might be an actual theater release, maybe? I don't know. I, I don't know. I just know I've seen those two release dates. So one of those is the official release date. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it, but the film is called Don't Look Up. The, the trailer is only about a minute long. It doesn't give you much. But again, I'm looking forward to it simply to see an actor of Leonardo DiCaprio quality on a Netflix-style film. So it'll be nice to see what they have to offer. And then, going from Netflix to... Um, this is Apple TV, I believe, right? Is it called something? I can't remember the top of my head. But basically, Apple TV is also pushing out a lot of their own original content. And in December, on Christmas Day... They have a original film that they've done, not like an original like story-wise, because what it essentially is, it's called The Tragedy of Macbeth. And it's the Shakespeare play, you know, just kind of a movie about the Shakespeare play. And anybody who is a huge Shakespeare buff knows how excellent that play is, how like, uh, well, I guess tragic would be a good word, but it's just a really, really good play. And I remember learning it in high school and I was a big Shakespeare buff, so I do love it when more Shakespeare gets given some kind of adaptation. Uh, Coriolanus that came out a couple of years ago with, um, uh, what's this guy's name? The guy from Law Abiding Citizen and 300, Gerard Butler, and another really great actor who played um, across from him. They did the play Coriolanus by Shakespeare. And then, of course, we know Romeo and Juliet. Again, another Leonardo DiCaprio hit. It's just nice to see more Shakespeare kind of come out. And I don't know, maybe this will catapult into something more, and hopefully we'll get more iterations of Shakespeare work. But The Tragedy of Macbeth, uh, it stars um, Denzel Washington, which is great. And I believe he's probably playing the role of Macbeth. And he's a big stage performer. Like, he, he's a like a Broadway performer. That's where he, like, came from, sort of. And a lot of people kind of forget that. They forget that a lot of these actors have really strong backgrounds in live theater. So to see him get a role like this... And, of course, it's just... It's Denzel fucking Washington. Like, how are you not going to think that him playing Macbeth is going to be fantastic? So I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to find a way to watch it, however I may be, I may be able to watch it. But that's going to get released on Christmas Day this year. 
uh, on Apple TV. It's an Apple TV exclusive. I don't know what the Apple TV programming is called. I, I might be correct by saying Apple TV, but just just know that if you subscribe to whatever that is, this is coming to that on December 25th. Now, before uh, I get into the new year, let's also talk about some other stuff that we were left with um, before this year is over. Huge, huge announcements came out of the DC fandom that just passed a week or two ago. And we didn't get as much as we maybe gotten the last year or the year before that even. But we got a lot for the things that are very, very anticipated and the things that have gotten so many push dates because of everything that's been going on in the world. A lot of productions have been stalled and things have been getting pushed back. So we finally got some glimpses at a few things that the DC Universe has been working on, and I'm looking forward to all of them. We got a semi-decent look at uh, the new Shazam film. Uh, the first Shazam is just fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Zachary Levy pick up that role again and for them to continue that storyline. I think they're doing very good with that world, and if they can keep pushing it into it to keep building up more and more characters and more and more of the universe of the DC universe, maybe we can keep getting some some leeway to do more. And just the, just the films that are coming out alone from the DC fandom are kind of showing us that. Yes, it's slowly, slowly kind of building because they're finally understanding that they have to just give it time. If you give it time, then you're going to get what you want. So I'm glad to see that it seems that they're finally learning that. And I can see that with Shazam 2. I can also see that with Aquaman 2, still in production, looks just as good as the first one. I don't know how many people are fans of Amber Heard. But she's back in it. I'm not too big of a fan on that because I'm a huge Johnny Depp fan. But I'm not going to get into this debate with anybody. You know, I've read what I've wanted to read based on that situation. And, you know, my, my opinion is just that if the roles were reversed, Amber Heard would have been shunned just as fast as Johnny Depp was. So the fact that she's not kind of upsets me. But for continuity purposes, I am happy that it is still her as, uh, as Hera for this universe. So, of course, that sees almost everybody coming back for their roles, including Jason Momoa. And we didn't really get a trailer, but we got some glimpses of what they've been doing with the sets because it's still in production. And we have to look forward to that, hopefully sometime next year. They're also finally released as good of a teaser as they could for Black Adam, which Dwayne The Rock Johnson has really been pushing for. So I'm very, very hopeful that that's going to be good. And I love the idea of... I don't know if Marvel would ever want to do this. And I think it's a really good play on DC's part to kind of push more of the background building for villains. Even if they're just kind of building it for the one-off one-off chances, uh, the one-off chances that these characters get in Suicide Squad. You know, just between the two Suicide Squad films, you've gotten uh, at least 20% of the villains covered with just those two films. Let alone the fact that this isn't the first uh, villain that has gotten this kind of anti-hero comeuppance almost. So it's nice to see them also take that route to trying to build this universe. And Black Adam, I think, is a huge step forward into that realm because I think Black Adam is a great character being that he's parallel with Shazam and kind of also can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Superman because, for, like, 
Superman's weaknesses are very minimal. And the fact that he has a weakness to magic and technically the characters of Shazam and Black Adam are surrounded in magic, it's nice to see them kind of give this character some kind of backstory. And hopefully they do it justice. I think they will. And I'm looking forward to it. That's coming out as well sometime next year when production ends. Again, I don't know. I don't think they have any set dates for anything because they're still being filmed. You know, uh, the only thing that I that was given like a guarantee, I believe, and I don't remember the date, is the Peacemaker show, which I, I don't know. Uh, I guess maybe it was just kind of a launching thing to give um, John Cena more play in the DC world. I don't know. I loved his character in the Suicide Squad film that just came out, but to give him his own show, sort of, when you kind of killed him, but then didn't? Like, it's it's just weird. It's just weird. I mean, it's coming out. I'm going to watch it just to see what they do with it and to see if there are is any connection to other DC stuff, so... Yeah, I'll watch it, but it's not. It, it, that's something that's just not important to me. You know what I mean? But the two things that were very important were we got a second trailer for the Matt Reeves, the Batman film, and we got about a minute worth of footage for the Flash film, which is apparently going to be, from what it looks like, not loosely based, but somewhat based on the Flashpoint paradox. Probably... 75% because I only know certain versions of the Flashpoint Paradox and we've seen at least two other two three versions one in in well no I would say maybe the Schneider one doesn't really have much of a play or an example of the par- the Flashpoint Paradox but the one in the actual Flashpoint Paradox film and then the one in Justice League Dark Apocalypse those two animated films the flashpoints in those were a big deal, and it's just nice to see them do this live-action version of it. And we got a little glimpse of uh, Michael Keaton in the back suit again, and that's pretty much confirmed. It's not even teasing anything. It's confirmed Michael Keaton is in there as Batman. The teaser also showed us three different versions of the Flash, two being played by Ezra Miller and one a female Flash. Uh, We also know uh, from various leaks, and I'm pretty sure it's confirmed, that Supergirl is meant to uh, be in the film as well. I actually don't know if the girl in that scene is Supergirl, but it looks like she's wearing red. And like a red that's very similar to the other two flashes. I didn't pause and look at it because I'm too busy ecstatic over seeing what what they're gonna do with this. And I'm just so happy. Like, this film has been in the works for five years and we finally have something and i'm so so happy about it and we're finally going to get that at some point in 2022 as well as the batman film which continues to look so promising and i read i read the title of an article i didn't read the article yet but i plan on it but i read a small article where matt reeves has gone on record saying that the batman is a direct sequel to the joaquin phoenix joker don't know how true that is Didn't read the article. Don't know if that was his inspiration. What I do know is all of the initial screenings of the film that have been happening over the last month or so continue to praise it and and give it this this rejoiceful sounding awe factor where they're saying it's the most interesting version, I guess I can say, of the Batman done so far. Taking it very much out of the realm that we're all used to. And... 
I've said it before and I'll say it again. I was proven wrong when Ben Affleck got the Batman role. I love Batfleck. I'm a Batfleck fan till the end. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not interested in seeing Robert Pattinson's Batman. I can't wait for it. It looks really, really good. I think he's going to do a great job. And I can't wait to see what this brings to the table. So that's what we got from DC Fandom. And one last thing. They released about a minute and a minute and a half trailer for a Netflix show uh, based on a comic that's really popular. I've actually been interested in reading it. I haven't gotten around to it yet. A buddy of mine told me about it maybe 15 years ago. And it was sometime around, maybe even 10 years ago, because I remember it being sometime around The Walking Dead. And it was a buddy of mine who we always would talk about The Walking Dead because he was reading that along with me. And when he, whenever he caught up with The Walking Dead after like not reading it for a while, he would go back and he would continue The Sandman. So now The Sandman has gotten so much popularity due to the audio files that are out. The audio book versions that have been released on Audible and Amazon they are now pushing out a show for the Sandman. Now I might be wrong. I think I think it's I think I said Netflix, but I believe it's Amazon because if it's Amazon giving it the audible treatment and giving the audiobooks um, the kind of uh, the, the the kind of push and it and it's getting a huge push. Like the 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 quality of the podcast has meant so much to what could possibly come out of this show. Oh yeah, it is Netflix. It is Netflix. I just looked it up just now. I had to make sure. And again, that's odd because I do feel like the audiobook is an audible exclusive. So it's weird. Maybe they have a deal with it. Or then again, maybe there's just licensing that was given for the audio version to Amazon. Maybe Amazon doesn't own it. I don't know. All I know is that I'm looking forward to this. However, it does not have a release date. As far as I can see, all we have is this first look. It's less than like 65 seconds, but it looks really good. The actor they have playing the character of the Sandman, I believe the character's name is Dream. He looks really good. It looks like a full-on like comic to TV comparison. It's very, 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 very well casted. So I'm looking forward to it. Before that releases, I'm probably going to wind up reading the comic at some point, and I've been trying to get around to it. I'm sitting on, like, the first three volumes, and I just haven't yet. But now that it's about to come out, maybe I will. Uh, it just doesn't have a release date yet, so I don't know when it's coming out, but we, we got it this year. I'm going to assume it's probably sometime next year, and that pretty much wraps up what I know about for the ending quarter of 2021. Moving into 2022, I only want to talk about two things. One, uh, talk about a trailer that just got released, and another one that's been pushed at least three times over the last uh, year or so. And I'm very upset that it's been pushed this far. Hopefully, this is the official release date of it. So the first thing I want to talk about is the prequel series to the Game of Thrones story, House of the Dragon has been officially, the trailer has been officially released for it. It gave us a little bit about what we could hopefully expect. It's going to be an HBO original and it's going to be released sometime in January of 2022. Now, the only gripe I have with that is I don't know, I don't know what they're expecting out of this 
because there are still so many people, so many of us huge Game of Thrones fans, that still have a very, 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 very bad taste in our mouth that's left by HBO after the travesty that was the last season of Game of Thrones. Now, I know some people may have gone back and given it a second chance, but the thing is, and I said this when I did the uh, the two-year anniversary of the end of the show entry back in uh, June and July. Uh, you can go and check that entry out if you want. And I mentioned about how, how crazy it is that we were in the middle of the beginning of the pandemic. People were stuck at home. People were looking for things to do, things to watch, things to indulge in. And the, one, the number one thing that you thought would have been top of the charts for anybody, the number one suggested thing for anybody who either was looking for something new and had never given it a chance, or was a huge fan trying to help people in that position, you thought, hey, Game of Thrones, you got eight seasons right there. It's 800 hours of really, really good entertaining television. You should invest in that. Maybe you'll be done with it in a couple of days, and at least you can get through the pandemic with something you can enjoy. Nobody did that. Zero people were doing that because nobody wanted to express how bad that ending was by trying to sit there and say, listen, you could at least enjoy seven years, the other seven seasons and the other seven years that we all enjoyed it for. And we're very much anticipated for what could possibly be the end of this story. Now, to me, I said it back then. I'm going to say it again. I think that that story was kind of uh, Martin's way of trying out one ending he might have he went on record saying that's not the real ending but i think he had like three endings in mind he said here i'll give this one to hbo let's see how people like it and if they didn't he had two more to sit on he's also got two more books of the main story he hasn't released yet so maybe he's waiting until people forget about how bad and how much we hated season eight but i don't they're trying to revive it with a prequel and I don't know if that's worth it. I think more people want the next two books than they want a prequel story. I mean, I don't think there's anything out there that really gives you too much backstory. It's kind of like Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic Beasts is kind of based on story that's in, like, textbooks and, like, and the stuff that's in the Harry Potter series. So they're prequels, but there's no foundations to any of those. So they have a little bit more leeway with what they're doing with the story. As long as they stick to the main premises of what everybody kind of knows is supposed to happen. I think that goes the same with House of the Dragon, but who wants that? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to probably wind up watching it because I am a game. I was a Game of Thrones fan and, you know, I'm just going to watch it just so I have something to say about it at the end of the day because I, I really don't know. Like, I haven't gone back to that show since it left, since, since it ended. I haven't felt reason to, so I don't know. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But last but not least for this entry, I want to talk about... <sighs> Morbius finally has a release date. January 28th, 2022. The vampire character from the Spider-Man universe played by Jared Leto, where the first trailer was released something like two years ago. We are finally gonna get this film. I am so looking forward to this. It looks really, really good. And this just plays into what I was talking about before. DC's push to do more villains than main superheroes, I think, is a great path to take. And I really, really want to see them do well with that and do more of this. And I think Morbius and Black Adam, these are going to be big pushes in that direction. And 
they come off of the foundation builders being the most recent Joaquin Phoenix Joker film and the Suicide Squad films. Those have proven that villain films can work. So I'm super excited about Morbius. I'm super excited to see what role he plays in the overall arc of whatever Sony whatever Sony can still do with the Spider-Man license because they're still kind of leasing it out to Marvel. So maybe this will be connected, maybe it won't. But I've been waiting a year for this film. It's been pushed like three times. So I'm super, super looking forward to it. Well, that's all the films I have. That's all the trailers I really wanted to talk about. Uh, I appreciate you coming by and listening uh, to me discuss some of the things we have to look forward to for the rest of this year. And to give my channel a chance again, I thank you for being patient. And hopefully I can get back on track and give you some more entries uh, moving forward. Like I said, I have a list of at least 15 films that I have to talk about that I've been watching over the last couple of weeks. I just haven't gotten to sit down and actually watch them yet. So now that I'm trying to make that time, I hope to get more consistent with the channel again. And I really, really appreciate your support. So thank you very much and stay tuned for the next one.